אוקיי. אוקיי. בשיר מטות, בפרשת מטות, תפשיר בפ"ב, was being given in memory of Ophir Agassi, Zichronog Lebracha, and I hope that uh, this Sunday I'll get back to learning with Ophir's daughters. Uh, this is a parasha which tells a story. In fact, in order to understand the story, the story of Reuven God and Chatzri Shevet Menasheh, we have to actually recognize the fact that there are two stories that are told. One is told by Moshe Rabbeinu, that's a story, and there's another story that is going to be told by Yoshua bin Nun. The story of Moshe Rabbeinu is the story that takes place before And the story of Yoshua Binun is the story that takes place after. So we'll look quickly at the story that took place, the story of Moshe Rabbeinu. We'll look at that story quickly because we've seen it before, we know it, we've heard it, and uh, we live very limited in time. So let's just look at a few psukim. Miknei Rabba, Yalib, Nehru, Benu, Negad. I mean, you all know that Chatzis uh, Shevet Menashe had its own path in the story. But the story begins about Reuven and Gad, and that they were loaded down by sheep. And they saw that the land that they had just conquered, the land of Sichon and Og, would be perfect for them. Pasuk Bet says, Vayavo v'negad v'nei ruven v'yomel Moshe v'lelazar kohen v'lnesiei ha'ita le'mor they came to, to the leadership to Moshe and Elazar kohen and they said, atarot v'divon v'yazer v'nimah v'cheshbon v'alei all of these places, all the places Pasuk Dalet ha'aretz ha'shoyikah shov v'nadat Yisrael I mean this land which was Uh, uh, beaten in war before the community of Israel, Miknehi, it's, it's good land for our animals. Lavadecha Mikneh, Pasukhei, Vayomrui, Matzon Chaim, Beinech, Yitanet Aretz, Zod Lavadecha, Lachuza, Al, So they come up with this interesting idea. They, Reuven and God, they say, we know that our intention was to come to Eretz Yisrael. Our intention was to be led by Moshe Rabbeinu into Eretz Yisrael. But then they thought, they say, well, maybe it's all different now. I mean, it's not, I'm telling you so that that's not written. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, it's all different. Maybe we can't expect after Moshe Rabbeinu being punished by not coming to Eretz Yisrael himself. I mean, perhaps it took uh, some of the burden off of us, the burden off of us to, to go to Eretz Yisrael. But Sukhva, Vayom Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe responds, 
אחיכם יבואו למלחמה ואתם תשבו פה. Well, what are you suggesting, Moshe Rabbeinu says? Are you suggesting that the other tribes should commit to going to war and you will just sit here and follow in the pleasure of your, uh, of your conquest? Pasuk Yud, I'm sorry. Pasuk Zayin, Lama. Why would you upset the people of Israel? Move them in the wrong direction. I mean, after all, you know what we are about. We're about going to Eretz Kina'an, conquering it, settling it, building it. Why, why would you want to exclude yourself from that obligation? That's, that's what you, your uh, ancestors did, a reference to, to the spies that were sent and then tried to dissuade the people. We know that the sin of the spies, the result was that the people had to stay in the deserts for another 38 years. And Moshe Rabbeinu is comparing the question that Bnei Rubain asked to that. And God was angry. And God promised that the people who came from Mitzrayim, who were not convinced that they should go to Eretz Kinan, would be punished. Only those two, Kalev and Yoshua, are exempt from punishment. And God was angry. God was angry with the people of Israel. And they all died. They all died in the desert. It took 40 years. I mean, you know, 38 plus 2. And, and uh, they were no longer any of the people who denied their allegiance to the divine promise. Now you come along. You're like uh, people who, who are sinners. Yisrael, to add to the anger that God has to us, you'll destroy the you'll destroy everybody. So you can see that Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction uh, buttressed by uh, by God's reaction was totally negative. And so we have another story, another beginning. Like, 
מרים לטפל, זה הכנסת, לא נראה, you misunderstood us, they say to Moshe, how you can say that to God is not clear to us, but that's what it says in the Pasuk, but not looking at Shoshim, with they b'nei Yisrael, ad asher im evi'anum el mikomam, v'yashov tapeinu b'arem mifzav b'nei Yosheh b'aris, no, no, we're going to, we accept the obligation of being part of the army that is going to fight for Eretz Kenan. Lo nashuva batenu adid nachel b'nei Yisrael ish nakalato. We're not going to return to our homes until the conquest is complete. Ki lo ninchalota mi'evili yardin v'halaki va'a nachalatenu eilenu mi'evili yardin mizracha. And we're not going to, we won't split the land with those on the western side of the Jordan because we will have received our allotment on the eastern side. So there you have it. There you have it that Moshe Rabbeinu somehow agrees that, that, that this is more reasonable. I mean, of course, uh, the, the fact that, I mean, if I, if, why did the Torah have to tell us version A in order to get to version B? We could have gone to version B straight off. The Torah could have said, and the people, Reuben and God, they came and they said, we're going to go and fight, but we would like to somehow grab onto the to the land that is has been recently conquered and set ourselves up here and this will become our inheritance. Start from that, then exchange, of course, we're going to go to war. We're not uh, trying to avoid uh, uh, the consequences. We're not trying to avoid our obligation. We're going to take the obligation, we're going to do it, we're going to go on, and and, and and in fact, they did do it. They did do it. So, well, the first question you might ask is, well, why, so why does the Torah tell us two stories? The first story was that Moshe Rabbeinu, backed up by HaKadosh Baruch didn't get it. Didn't understand what they really wanted, so that the second story had to be told. But you could say, you could say that, that the stories are each individual story is valid. And that they actually wanted to pull something off, to get something that they didn't deserve to get. And when Moshe Rabbeinu told them that that would not go, they changed their tune. And they said, no, 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 we will go to fight. We will be part of the fighting force that is committed to, to carrying out the conquest on the land of Canaan. And so if that's true, then, then of course the question is, what, what was the, uh, what was the point? I mean, Reuben and God, they didn't know that Moshe Rabbeinu would be opposed to them uh, leaving the fighting force Who's Reuben and God also? Okay, we know who Reuben is. 
Reuben was a rejected leader of the family of Yaakov. Although he were, even though he was born, he was born as the first among equals, he nevertheless somehow managed to lose his position. So we have this kind of way of looking at it. It's a story. But the story doesn't quite make sense. I mean, you could imagine it to be more sensible. But it's not quite what we would expect after 38 years of wandering around in the desert, the coming to the border of Eretz Kinnan, Ruben and Kai, they come up with this remarkable idea. And the idea was either that they won't accept the responsibility, or even if the idea was that they will accept the responsibility to go to war. They, they, they're kind of prepaid. They get their inheritance right off the bat. Before they go to war, everybody else has to fight for their four cubits. Everybody else has to fight for their place in the scheme of things. But not Reuben and God. Okay, they're part of the fighting force. I don't know exactly, you know, from the practical logistic point of view, I don't know exactly how that worked. They left the women, they left the children, they left everybody under the age of 20, everybody over the age of 60. I mean, they had some way of Okay, well, that's the story. That's the story. You can, you can try to find further support for one theory or the other, either for the idea that this is what they always thought of or this idea that they changed their minds. To think about it. But what we have to do first is learn a little bit of the Yoshua Perikop Bet. Yoshua is an old man. He knows he's going to die. And he comes to make, uh, to kind of close the book on a few different, few different episodes. And one of them, see Pasuk Aleph, Azika Yoshua Rabbeinu Gadi. We're going to ignore the fact that half of the tribe of Menashe was added to the picture. It's like a, a reasonable question. We're not dealing with that now. And Yoshua said the following. Yeshua said the following, You know that Moshe is called Ever Hashem several times and uh, in the book of Yeshua. And Yeshua is also called Ever Hashem. Listen to me, Moshe. 
So here's Yoshua, good absolver from any kind of guilt that you might imagine. They're not guilty. You didn't leave your brethren behind. According to Yoshua ben Nun, Reuben and God and Chatzishevit Menasheh are righteous. Righteous, they lived up to their obligation. They did what they said they would do by And now God has allowed your brethren to rest. As he said, as God said, would be. Now turn and go. So here's Yoshua Binun closing the book on the obligation that was accepted by Ruvay God Go back to where you are, take your place in the eastern side of the Jordan River. Go back to the place that you wanted to be in, Rak. Shimru me'od la'asot et ha-mitzvah ve'et ha-Torah asher tzivah etchem Moshev v'Hashem. Rak. But I have one thing to say, Yoshua says. Watch carefully. Make sure you do the mitzvah and keep the Torah asher tzivah etchem Moshev v'Hashem which Moshe Rabbeinu had Commanded you, and commanded to you. Lava et Hashem Elokechem to love God. Lalechet bechol derachav, l'shvam mitzvotav, l'dav kabo, l'avdo bechol abavchem, bechol davshachem. In other words, Yoshua says, just remember that you have obligations. I mean, you're going to be over there where you were promised that you'll be. It's a little far away. But you have to keep the Torah. You have to keep the Torah. So this could be, you know, either something that is formalistically the kind of warning or the kind of bracha that goes with every kind of every kind of agreement, or it could be something special. Yeshua understood that there was an issue. There was an issue. And they went back to the place, to their tents, either in Eretzkedan or on the way to uh, the eastern side of the Jordan River where they would have their inheritance. Which was not included at the beginning. So somehow got equal treatment. Even though they they were not there at the beginning, but Moshe Rabbeinu accepted them 
as part of the deal, etc. He said to them, so they were told to, that they would inherit the spoils of their victory as well. Okay, so that's the kind of background. In the background, Yoshua bin Nun feels it's necessary to close the account, close the account with Reuben God, and now Chazi Shevet Menashe, and that's all been done, and it's finished. Okay, but Sukteid Vav says we are Shuba Yelchu Bnei Reuben Bnei God Chazi Shevet Menashe. So they did it. They went from where they were to where they wanted to be as they were promised by uh, Moshe. By Avo El Gililot Ayardenish of Erzkinan. Maybe the most important. They have all the Glilotayardain, the kind of outskirts of the Jordan River. And then, for some reason, they built, what did they build? Mizbeach al Hayardain. Al Hayardain, and then you have those words. Mizbeach. A very big Mizbeach that could, I, I think that the word means you could see it at a great distance. You could see it as a great distance. You know that Mizbeach, the notion of Mizbeach, an altar, can be understood generally in two ways. An altar, we're used to the idea that an altar was used as a sacrifice, a place of sacrifice. That was the situation in the tabernacle and later in the Beit HaMikdash. But there seems to be another kind of Mizbeach, the kind of Mizbeach that marks the spot, Avram Avinu. You build something that reminds you, this is where I had an encounter with Hashem. This is where. You see it at a distance. It reminds you of what happened. Reminds you of what happened. That doesn't mean that I understand exactly Uh, 
not understand exactly why this was bad, was built. I mean, you could say that people wanted to, to dab in Mincha. They wanted to do a from act. They wanted to show Yehoshua that even though he was worried about them, that at the moment there was nothing to worry about. Uh, after this, after this pasuk, uh, pasuk again, we go to Yadain El Eve Benei, so pasuk Yud Bet. Vayishvu Benei Yisrael veYekalu Kol Adat Benei Yisrael Shiloh. They all got together. To try to muster up the army. So this is something that we don't quite understand. Is that there's them and there's us. And, and our team came with the Nisiyim, with the, with the principles of each tribe. And this is what they said to them. This is what the people, the Eidat Hashem, said, a little hard to understand what what, it, what what's so terrible about building a mizbeach, but they said to here's what they said to you to to Reuben God you're not entirely innocent. You're not entirely innocent. Why? Because the mizbeach that you built, you see the underline, the last underline. In order for you to take a stand against God. So this pursuit, this pursuit, I mean, you know, the way we the story is told, I mean, we could certainly explain that Mizbeach Gadolim Arem means something legitimate. They wanted to express something connected to a place. They wanted to say, this is the place that reminds us of the fact that we conquered the land, that we were part of the conquest. And now we're going back as as per our agreement with Moshe Rabbeinu. We're going back to the place on the eastern side of the, of the Jordan River. 
But then they all come and they say, This Mizbech that you built is a Mizbech of contentiousness, of denial of authority. It's not accepting authority, it's the denial of authority. Bilam sending the women to seduce the men and drive them in the direction of idolatry. So they had it in them. They were somehow, according to this interpretation, they did what they were supposed to do, but they had it in them to deny divine authority. And that's the story that we are told. That's the story that we are told in our parasha at the beginning. Right? Pasuk Yudchet Vatem. You'll be the cause. You'll be the cause of everything coming apart. So this is another interpretation of building the Mizbeach. You built the Mizbeach as a competitive Mizbeach. You may remember your Avam ben Nevat. He built, he built these statues in the northern kingdom. This is a kind of a precursor of Nirabam ben Nevat. So they had some reason that they sus- that they were suspicious of him. That's how people usually are who are accused of something. It's not us. Would we do such a thing? It's a sign of devotion and not a sign of Revolution. Could it be that we will be separated from the God of Israel? Okay, let's stop for a minute and go to the last psukim. Last psukim, if there is some kind of a uh, a peace.
that is established between these two positions. But again, if we take everything as being true to some extent, so the truth is that even though Yeshua ben Nun opens the chapter by saying good things about Reuven and God by saying that they they were successful, that they were successful. in their military operation. And we're not coming back to where they... But we get back to the root of the thing. Because there's no way to understand except to say, except to say at least into one of the stories, they wanted to separate themselves. They wanted to separate themselves from from the worship of God in the in the temple. I mean, I know there was no temple. There was no temple. But there will be a temple. That's part of the promise. The promise that God made to B'nai Yisrael is that you get there's kibush, you'll be able to conquer the land. There's Nachalot, you'll be able to inherit the land. You'll be able to inherit the land. And then the end of the chapter, and then finally you'll get to the to the Beit HaMikdash. Pasuk Lamed, Vayishma Pinchas HaKohen HaNesiyei HaEidah BeRashel BeYisrael, all the people of Israel, all the people who count, all the people who are known, right, Pinchas uh, somehow they were they they accepted the words of the Reuven in God we accept today we know that in our midst dwells a place of God you did not deny did you not turn away from God you saved B'nai Yisrael. And then the leadership of Am Yisrael after Yeshua ben Nun, Pinchas ben Elazar, Akohen, the Nisiyim, right? They all left. B'nai Ruvein, B'nai Gad, Me'eretz Gilad, El Eretz Kena'an, El B'nai Yisrael, Vayashivu Otam Dabar. And they responded appropriately. Vayitava Dabar B'nai B'nai Yisrael, and the people of Israel accepted. People of B'nai Yisrael accepted. 
לעלות עליהם לצבא, לשחט את הארץ, ובני ראובן בני גד יושבים בה. Right, the people of Israel accepted this resolution that Reuben and God would remain where they would remain. They did not consider attacking them, attacking them militarily, to destroy the land God. Yoshimba, they did not say that they would change the original resolution. So we could say that these meetings that took place under the auspices of Yoshua Binunla to ensure that both sides agreed, right? That the, the Ruvain and God side did what they were supposed to do. And Israel would accept the, the new situation as Moshe Rabbeinu outlined it. And then you have finally the last pasuk, finally, finally. Vayikru'u b'nei ruveinu b'nei gad. Vayikru'u, they named it. Lamizbeach. Lamizbeach. Vayikru'u b'nei badru lamizbeach. Ki edu b'notenu. Because it's a witness between us. Ki Hashem Eloki. But there's something wrong with the pasuk. So there's a word missing by When you look at Rashi, see Rashi in Pasuk Lamedalit, you see that Rashi. The Raji has a way of saying it. This is called a short pasuk. Short pasuk means there's something missing. There's a word missing from the pasuk. You have to add one word in this in this pasuk. What's the word? You see that word aid in the Rashi? That's where you have to add the word. Remember the Mizbeach we talked about? It could be a friendly Mizbeach, it could be unfriendly Mizbeach. You have to add the word. You have to add the word aid. A witness. Because it is a witness. That God is. So, so the thing I wonder about is that, I mean, I think Rashi is right. I mean, what else can you say? There's no doubt that the Rashi position is sustained by the content. So how come? How did it happen that this puzzle was was kind of overlooked by Ezra? You know, when Ezra came back from Babel and they brought uh, the copies of the Tanakh and the, the, and the Tanakh that they had that they used in Babel was not always 
was not always the way you would imagine it would be. Not all the words were in order and not all the phrases were properly phrased. And so Ezra fixed it. So why didn't he fix it? Why are we left to fix it with Rashi hundreds of years later? I mean, I hope you understand what I'm saying. The Pasuk, as we have, is by Yikru, B'nei Ruvain, B'nei Gadla, Mitzvah. I don't want to tell you what they called it. I don't want to tell you what they called it. Because after all, it's misleading. It says that the problem of Ruvain and God and Chatsi Shevet Menashe was never really resolved. And the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach, which was built in order to, on the one hand, claim devotion to the divine principles, but on the other hand, to declare a kind of religious independence. We have a Mizbeach too. We also have something that uh, that we understand. So that takes us back, if we're willing, takes us back to the original parasha in the parasha Matot that has to do, has to do with the intention of Ruvain and God. Did they mean to get away with something? Or did they mean, did they mean all the, all the time, and we're certainly going to, we're certainly going to uh, go to war, help our brothers be part of the conquest. We're not really interested in avoiding that obligation. Which is it? Which is it? At first, Moshe Rabbeinu is angry, then Moshe Rabbeinu is accepting. It's not easy to deal with people who have complex personalities, people who are not entirely open and are able to twist things around so that whichever way, whichever way you see it, they can kind of work it out. So that's the story of Reuven and God, of Reuven and God creating confusion Moshe Rabbeinu presents that confusion in his way, and Yoshua bin Nun presents that confusion in his way. But there was a certain amount of confusion that existed with the uh, with Ruve uh, and God. And at the end, at the end, I mean, it's not clear that they set up that there was this inclination amongst the Jews that. The Beit HaMikdash was not close enough, was not available enough, was not part of the newly established religious world. Okay, have a good Shabbos. All the best. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Before Shlema. Thank you very much.